listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello, welcome to the show. I'm here with Lisa Berkovitz. Lisa has straddled the business and spiritual worlds for over 15 years as an MBA high-level project manager for Fortune 100 and 500 companies. She's also a master-level NLP practitioner, Reiki master, and master-level coach to executives and entrepreneurs. She has extensive experience drawing out the life's work of some of the world's most visionary, passionate, and accomplished change makers. She helps them put this vision into a tangible, practical form so that it can finally make its intended impact in the world and do so with less effort and more flow in the deepest alignment with who they are on the planet. I'd like to welcome to the show, Lisa Berkovitz. Thanks for being here, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you, Giovanna. So great to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. You you are uh, definitely a soul sister and... uh, I can't wait to dive into your story, especially these worlds that you straddled, as, as you mentioned on your on your website. And let's just dive right in and, and just get into the meat of it. I'm, I'm so curious to know a little bit more about your role in, in executive leadership and how that led you to what you're doing now, which is really kind of the blending of two worlds, but you know, these, these two seemingly diverse things as spiritual executive as you were. So um, <laughs> I'd love to know more about that. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know, like most people's journeys, mine was, you know, evolving one step to the next, uh, without quite knowing why and how. <laughs> so when I started, I was back when I was back in corporate and doing the, the project management work, I had, um, you know, I was doing really well, advancing quickly, easily could have gone down that road fully and, and, and committed myself to it. And I, I came to the point where I was just too passionate about uh, human potential. Um, I would stay late at work and, and research things and uh, back, back in the day, it wasn't even like, um, cause I left corporate in 1999. So it's been a while now and it wasn't even like, you know, every computer, everybody had a computer at home. I, I used to do tons of research and I ended up somehow I'm, I'm thinking back to what the, what one of the catalysts was, but I used to, when I was, <laughs> I always had this really good radar for things that, uh, like my intuition was always really strong. And I, I ended up in, a retreat, a self-mastery retreat in Costa Rica. I'd come across this tiny little ad in the back of a magazine that said self-mastery in the rainforest. And it was like two lines. It was super short. And I just knew I was supposed to go. And I, I was early stages back then. I'd had my heart broken. I had been in personal development for years already through like since university and all the way through my corporate career, I was into personal development. But in the last few years before I left corporate, I had had my heart broken. And that's really what put me on my spiritual path. So when I saw this little ad, I, I went to this retreat in the rainforest and 
it turned out to be you know, a deeply spiritual retreat. And I had this vision when I got there that um, I was there for a week and I had this vision to the, of traveling the world, supporting human potential, whatever that meant. I didn't know what that meant at the time. And I basically just quit. <laughs> I gave notice and, and like a couple of months later I was gone. And it was really, I mean, I just, a lot of people didn't understand. A lot of people were surprised, um, but it just felt so right. And um, and then, yeah, I walked away from like the bit, you know, great income. I traveled a ton. Um, I had lots of responsibility and it was ever increasing. And there was a pathway for me forward into executive leadership. But it just it didn't have the joy for me. So I left and my my spirituality deepened and deepened over the time that I left. I traveled a lot. I studied a lot. Um, I did, was freelance to corporate for a, a bunch of years. And I used to one of my main clients, I used to help design and redesign their sales training programs with the head of, of training. And I found out at that time, he was a super creative, amazing guy, super creative type. And I found out then that, um, I was really gifted at listening between the lines and hearing what wasn't, wasn't being said necessarily. And I would take all his ideas and, and, and give them shape and form into these sales training programs. And, I did that for six years and, and, and it was an amazing partnership. I did executive coaching at that time in that same, in that same period. And I just, I found, I had sort of discovered in that, that phase after leaving corporate though, that, that chunk of years as a freelancer that I had this gift, this intuitive gift where I could hear and see between the lines and I could help organize what was flowing through because he actually loved his work. He was a super creative, super entrepreneurial type at the head of this corporate division. And, and somehow that was where I really discovered that I had this, this gift to hold space for someone who's downloading and give shape and form to what their, their life's work really is. Cause he poured his heart and soul into, into what he trained about. And that was kind of the beginning. Yeah. It was the beginning of, um, Lots more. I want to go back. I want to go back to that because I, you know, I'm I'm listening to this and I I'm I'm listening to it also from the ear of of who potentially might also be listening in and and I know because I've had pivotal moments in my life as well where there was such a strong you can't explain it direction let's call it to go in a particular direction and I know there's been times where I've heeded that and it served me well. Um, mm -hmm. and there's times that I've ignored it. And so I want to go back to that moment because you were obviously already in, like you said, the personal development world, you mm -hmm. had gone in this, to this retreat and you have this vision or this, this insight that this was the new direction of your life. And I would love for you to speak a little bit more to that and to that level of, of trusting that because so many women and, and even men that are listening to this are going to resonate with that. They're going to resonate with like, yeah, like I've had that moment and they may have followed through with it and they may have not, but I, there's such a, a key component there of a trust factor. And mm -hmm. I wonder if you can explore that a little more with us just so we can help those people listening who are, might be resonating with that story a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. I it's a great question, and I I come from the perspective that we all know what's right for us at all times. <laughs> we just may or may not be paying attention, and. I had already had these clues. I was already staying late studying these things that I really wanted to study because my, you know, my job started getting in the way of that. <laughs> so when that moment hit, when I was in the rainforest and I just, I saw the vision and I just knew in my body that it was the direction I needed to go in. And I, I would say for me, that trust, I, I actually thought, you know, oh, I'll be in transition for six months and um, figure out where I, where I go next, what my next step is. And, and I just had sort of a, a lighthearted attitude towards it. Like, you know, this is, I know I'm supposed to go in this direction. I can feel it in my body and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna follow it. And it was, it was a knowing, it was a trust and a knowing that, um, I didn't have a lot of fear around it at the time. I've made other leaps that had more fear, but at the time I just, I didn't think it was going to be such a big and long journey as it ended up being. I just kind of jumped in with both feet. So I'd say I've done it both ways. I've done it kind of um, hands up in the air. Wee! I'm gonna jump in, and I've done <laughs> it in the in the other way, where it's it's a little more thought, you know, thought out beforehand. Like, oh, am I really going in the right direction? But but ultimately, I would say every single one of us really does know what's true for us. And when I haven't listened to that, in that particular case, in that story, I just went for it. But in the times that I have delayed, it has never worked out for me. <laughs> it's there's always been something that either I, I got exhausted or I, I I had some things didn't flow well. Um, there's all I, I believe life gives us signs, and if you're not paying attention to the signs, then they get louder. Mm-hmm. And that's been, you know, my experience. So I, I, I do the best I can to listen and act as early as I can so that the wake up call doesn't have to come. It doesn't have to come with a two by four to the head as something. Exactly. Say. Yeah. I remember Oprah saying years ago, um, you know, first you get a whisper, then yeah. you get a nudge exactly. <laughs> and then you get a brick on the head, you know, and you exactly. don't want to, you don't want to wait till that point. And that resonates so much with me as well on my journey and the times where I've, you know, delayed or procrastinated listening to that whisper, it got louder and louder and louder. And unfortunately, you're right, there's been circumstances where whether it was a life circumstance or a health issue or something that just blew up on my behalf, I'm going to say now at the time, it did not feel like it was on my behalf. Totally. Um, but it, it, it does on, on your behalf, right, to get you to move. Amazing. So, you know, you what I hear now is that part of your one of your biggest gifts is to hold this space for people to learn to trust this inner voice and to trust this guidance. Can you walk us through a little bit of how you do that? Yeah, I do it through a combination of deep listening. I um, you know, because again, just to, to, I said before, I operate on the assumption that the clues are there, right? Mm-hmm. So I ask questions so that I can hear what that, you know, depending on the person and depending what the situation is and maybe the change that they want to make, I listen, I ask questions about that and I listen for what they say. And 
almost, I mean, it, it's not almost, it, it never fails that in what they share with me, there are the clues to what is really true for them. It never fails. Mm. Everybody knows what's true for them. So I, I invite, I ask good questions. I invite them to share in a space of, of, of safety and non-judgment. And when I hear something that lights up, so I use my intuition a lot. And when I hear something that is said, or I hear something between the lines that maybe not is not said. And so I need to inquire about it a little more. I can sense what has aliveness to it. And, and for me, aliveness is the hallmark of the soul aliveness, joy, where there's, where there's energy to something. When I hear that and what someone's saying, then I will reflect it back to them. And, um, it, it, it basically works like, like them having permission to have that, which they, they reveal to themselves really, um, as having, having a spark, having, a, having aliveness, having, having truth to it for them. Um, cause that's really for me what it's about. It's I'm listening for the soul's blueprint and the soul's blueprint speaks to me through the energy and the words that they use that have energy on it. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it does. And it just sort of leads me to that whole idea that, you know, as coaches, that's our primary job, right? Is that deep mm -hmm. listening. And so many of us have really just stopped listening to ourselves and to our own mm -hmm. heart's song, or as you call it, your soul blueprint, right? That, that piece of us that knows at a deep, deep level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So What's one of the biggest challenges you find with some of the people you work with? Because I could imagine you work with some amazing visionaries and, and maybe some people that still have their toe in the corporate world or, or just coming out of that. What are the mm -hmm. biggest challenges you find? Yeah, um, they're pretty consistent. You know, everyone has their own story, but they're pretty consistent. I would say um, trusting their own guidance, their own intuition, if they have an idea, something that they want to do, even if they already have a business and they're doing well in it, which many of my clients do, there's like always a next level of expression, a next level of being used by life for the role that you're here for. And so I see a lot of doubt, uh, a lot of fear. I mean, in terms of the obstacles, right? Sort of like, really, should I go in this direction? Is this the right direction? Can I make enough money at that is a big one. So trusting the guidance. And I would say letting go of letting the mind lead. So, you know, in my business, my tagline is let soul lead. And so distinguishing between the mind and the soul, that seems to be a big one. You know, something sounds really good and logical, but it's not actually the soul's truth. And so I, there's a lot of discernment that happens around that. And a lot of, of, of permission required to have more fun, you know, to actually like, let it be easier, let it be fun that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm sort of a champion for the soul in that if it's not alive, if it's not fun, if there isn't ease and you, you know, you're only doing it because you think that's the marketable way or, or, or 
it's even maybe in a blind spot, don't even realize you're doing it in an old way. And there is another way because that would be easier. So, um, I would say that's another one, just letting it be lighter and more fun and easier. That's mm-hmm. we're so conditioned to work hard. We're so conditioned that it, it, if it's not easy, if it's not hard, it's not valuable. Uh, if it's too easy, it's boring. Like there are a lot of beliefs. Right. That inner taskmaster, my coach calls it just sort of that person, the self-flagellating, the whipping, whipping ourselves. It doesn't work. Totally. It doesn't work, does totally. it? Nope. Does not, yeah. does not work. I'm interested in what you, um, just rewinding a little bit to what you said about discernment. Cause I found in my journey that that was one of the things, you know, that, initially really tripped me up and still sometimes does, you know, it's, it's that question of like, is this coming from my soul? Is this coming from my inner guidance or is this coming from somewhere else? It is learn and until you build that muscle where you just, you know, it's like, oh yeah, okay, that's it. I, I know that this message is for me. It's coming from there. How do you navigate that for people and, and help them sort of start to learn to discern that? I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that also have that challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I'm a big proponent of getting quiet. So whether you call it meditation or um, for some people who don't prefer that, it could be just mindfulness. It could be time in nature. It could be taking a bath or going to yoga. What, like it, everybody's different. But if there isn't time and space to listen internally, I find it's very, very difficult much more difficult to hear the soul's truth. And so the first thing that I recommend always and that I ensure is in place at the, at the beginning of any work I do with anybody is what's your daily practice look like? How are you getting quiet? How are you being peaceful enough to hear what's next? Because, you know, we've heard, all heard um, soul is, 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 it whispers, it whispers. And so if there's a lot of doing and a lot of action and not enough quiet space, then it's really, really hard to discern, to hear, to hear the soul clearly. And in my experience, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing, get quiet, do things you enjoy that puts you in it too, you know, dance, you know, go dance or like, there's many, many ways get quiet, but also do things you love. I'd say those are the two, two big ones really make you feel like yourself. And all of a sudden you kind of know what's true for you much more easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking of something too, when you were talking about the, the listening and the act of actually allowing that we, we just busy ourselves with so much stuff. So I, I definitely hear that. That's something I have to make an effort. I, I call it my spiritual hygiene practice where I have to like schedule it in and it has to happen because it's easy for you to get distracted and pulled into other things and, and, and other, um, responsibilities or to-do lists, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I found, I don't know if you're, you find this as well with your clients, I, I found for myself that it was this getting quiet, but I love that you, the reminder that it is a whisper because it is a whisper. You have to get quiet. And one of the things that I learned in my experience is the asking for it to speak to you. Mm-hmm. How do you incorporate that or do you incorporate that in, in sort of the tr- like the training without, you know, not for lack of a better word, as they say, that you do with your clients? 
Yeah, I do a lot of that. And it depends on their belief system. Um, It could be simply sitting, if they pray to uh, some kind of being that's important to them, you know, asking for guidance there, um, asking for help from angels or guides, asking for help from the universe, uh, simply sitting and pondering the question, sitting with the question long enough, that will bring guidance. Whatever we focus on will, will come. So, I, I do. I, it depends on the person. Um, I personally ask my angels, my guides, the universe, I get signs and symbols all the time. I'm having a blast walking around the world, you know, in dialogue with, with I, you know, what I perceive as my support team that, that, that brings everything that I need, brings me answers, brings me alignments of different kinds. So I, I tailor that based on the person and kind of what's true for them. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's just such a it's such a um, art form almost to to learn how to navigate and, and play with this. And we're not really we're not taught to do that, are we? Like we're not really taught as children to have this kind of you know I might use the term spiritual intelligence or really to develop this muscle. I'm curious to know more about the work that you do with others. And could you walk us through a practical kind of Guy, even if it's a, like a little mini guided meditation, but could you walk us through something that maybe the listeners, and if you are listening to this and you're <laughs> going to be driving, do not do this while you're driving if, if Lisa <laughs> goes into any kind of meditative thing, but could you give us a tool or something you can share with the listeners that might be able to practice at least, right? If they're not used to already doing this, but to, to yeah. make this real and kind of practice that listening in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd be delighted for sure. If you're driving, don't do this, but I'd be <laughs> delighted to do a short inner journey. You can, you know, come back and listen later if you're in the car. Um, but I, I always start with some basic energy tools. And so I'll just invite you right now to take a really comfortable seat wherever you are. And as you gently close your eyes, just bring your awareness inwardly. You know, we spend most of the day looking out at what's happening and having things pull on us. So this is a moment here to just turn your eyes, your inner gaze towards yourself. And I would suggest just starting with three really slow, deep breaths. I mean, this is so like it's it's none of it rocket science, right? So if you take a nice deep breath in, consciously filling your lungs from the bottom to the very top. You can hold a moment at the top, and as you exhale, just allowing the energies that aren't serving you to leave on your out-breath, any stress energies, any busy energies, and breathing in again when you're ready, filling your lungs to the very top, hold a moment, and as you exhale, you can just drop your shoulders, relax the muscles around your eyes. Relax your scalp and your skull and your brain. And your third breath, make it the deepest breath of your day so far. Filling with fresh, calm air. Hold a moment at the top. And when you're ready to exhale, just releasing and giving permission for your body to completely relax. And this alone, we're not, we're going to do a little more, but this alone, if you would just pause 
turn inward and take a few conscious breaths, that immediately would settle your system and give you access to some peace. You can imagine even now, turn your attention to the silence in this moment. So just listen for the silence that's here. Because underneath even the sound of my voice is silence. There's a certain spaciousness and peace that is always present. And if you tune into that, that also has a very calming effect, but it also tunes you right into the space of beingness, just total presence. It's just peace and stillness and spaciousness. It's always here if you listen for the silence. And while you're in that silence, I would invite you to imagine standing in a place in nature that whatever the first one is that comes to you that you love, a place that you may know, it might be an actual place, or it might just be in this moment, a place that comes to your awareness that feels nurturing and calm. And you can imagine your feet touching the ground, your bare feet touching the ground in that place. So if it's on grass, you could feel the grass under your feet. If it's on the beach, you could feel the sand under your feet. Whatever it is, just allowing yourself to connect with the earth. The mind, the subconscious mind does not know if you're actually standing on the earth or if you're imagining it. And you will receive the benefit of it, the grounding effect of the earth just by imagining it. And you can imagine like roots growing out the base of your feet, the soles of your feet and digging down, down, down into the earth. So you have like this rootedness, this groundedness. And I like to use a grounding column as well. So you can imagine from the base of your spine, some people call it a grounding cord. I I say grounding column, so it's wider, just coming down from the base of your spine, the width of your hips, down through the floor, down through the ground, into the earth. And you can imagine it heads straight down through all the layers of the earth to a place at the center of the earth where it can connect in or wrap around like a giant, a gigantic crystal or boulder. And just let yourself feel held by the earth, grounded into the earth, and let the magnetic pull of the earth draw away all energy that isn't serving you any stress energy any busy any frantic any anxious any fearful energy anything at all that feels discordant just let it fall away it's like the earth is sort of pulling it off you like a like it has a magnetic pull that can take away these energies and just like lighten up your your field lighten up your space all within and all around you. Now just see how you feel. And then in that quieter space, you can usually much more easily hear, hear yourself, hear your truth. You can sit in this space and ask a question. I mean, if you just sit in it for a few minutes, we, don't, we aren't going to sit in silence here for a few minutes on the show, but you can always just take you know one or, or, or all of those tools and use, use them to calm yourself down, settle your system, nourish yourself with some silence for even two minutes, three minutes. It's all it takes. And if you have a question or you're wondering about what to do about something, you can ask in that space. 
And either the answer, my experience is either the answer will come in that quiet space, you might get the knowing immediately, or you can trust that it'll come at the right time. But to me, it's the most leveraged time we have when you get quiet, it somehow affects everything else in your day. And it's just such a huge, you know, we think about working to be more productive, working harder, working longer. It's the exact opposite. You know, I, I don't know anybody who hasn't had the experience of totally not thinking about a problem and having the solution come when they're in the shower or when they're having fun somewhere, mm-hmm. right? So the more it's much more productive if you have something to solve or a question mark uh, around something for yourself um, to just get quiet enough and ask the question in the quiet space, trust that the answer will be there right now, or that leveraged few minutes will bring the answer to you at the right time. I love that. Thank you so much for that, Lisa. That was beautiful. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's just such a great resource for those of you listening to this. Um, You know, you can use this on repeat, right? And just play this over, pause at the end, give yourself those few minutes of extra silence. It's funny, it's something so innate and something so easily accessible, silence, and yet it's the one thing we're in a deficiency of with (laughs) our noisy world. So that was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much. Mm, Pleasure. Yeah. I I wanted to talk to you because I I know part of your your work and, and where your heart is is with the the empathic and the sensitive uh, soul or and even entrepreneur. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about empathy. You know, what's how has that impacted your life? Uh, mm-hmm. Being empathic and being, you know, a sensitive in that way. And then how do you how have you brought that forward in your work with others? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Because for those who are empaths, it's it's a very, very significant quality that affects a lot of things. So um, I was always super sensitive. I could feel everybody's energies. Um, my way of coping with that as I was growing up was to um, basically isolate and avoid and um, just because the energies, if, if energies got too harsh, I just, I felt like I couldn't really, they felt overwhelming. I couldn't really handle them. So I would just kind of like withdraw and stay quiet. And it's particularly a challenge. I mean, in, in corporate, I was able to manage because I had kind of a role to play and a bit of a, bit of a persona to fulfill, to keep me safe, right? I fulfilled a role and sort of my tender, sensitive self could kind of be internal and, 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 and stay, um, hidden in a way. When I, when I left that and I became an entrepreneur and it well, it's after the corporate, after the freelance, um, part of my journey, when I became a full-time coach and, um, entrepreneur in that, in that new phase, it really became a hindrance because I would find that there were certain energies that I wanted to avoid. And so I, I couldn't quite allow myself to emerge fully because the coping mechanism of being an empath and, and feeling uncomfortable around so many energies was, was, was a big issue. And so I do work with a lot of sensitives now and the way that I work with them or the, at least for, for myself, I'll tell you what I did for myself. And then ultimately it became what I, what I would often share with others. Um, I really learned, I had a teacher who taught me to manage my energy differently. And I remember she said, 
you are all energies. You are actually all energies. When I started shifting from being a super sensitive human being to being a more expansive spiritual being, I started to understand that from a spiritual energetic perspective, like we're energy beings as spiritual beings. And from that perspective, there is no energy that is better or worse than any other energy. And once I started to realize that, and I I took that teaching in, like you are all energies. And so it's really important that you're able to be with any of the uncomfortable energies that come up within you or that come from outside of you. And I started, you know, gently, right? I would start by being present with my own uncomfortable feelings. And that's why, again, getting quiet, uh, sitting in silence or in whatever way it's good for you to, to, to kind of get quieter, as we've been talking about, and actually be with the uncomfortable feelings. I had been avoiding a bunch of them. And as I started to be with them and feel them fully, I started to find myself getting more and more free and more and more um, flexible around what I was able to to do, where I was able to um, share myself. I, I could I could be more visible. Visibility was a big, big issue for me as an empath. And I work a lot with empaths around that. That's and so, so that's interesting. Like, I want to jump yeah. in for a second, Lisa, yeah. if I may. Is sure. I think you just said something so powerful there around empaths and sensitives, because what I heard you say, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that when you finally begin began to understand that that all energy was yours or one or basically relative, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, mm-hmm. then there wasn't this judgment that this external energy was bad and I need to isolate myself from it or protect myself. It was just like, okay, this is another thing. Mm-hmm. that I can invite in and feel or not. But to me, that's like, wow, like that was such an awesome like ding, 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 ding moment for me because uh, also being someone empathic and really as a young kid struggling like a lot, really, really struggling a lot with it. You know, we kind of find our way to cope with it, but I just love the way you articulated that because when you stop perceiving an outside attack, then there's no need to isolate anymore and you can you know, find your own resilience. I absolutely love that. Mm, yeah, thank you. You And you summed it up beautifully, very much so. It really is about judgment. I, I learned that, you know, intrinsic in that process was realizing that judgment locks the very thing you don't want in. And so every time I judged myself, a feeling within me or, or an energy from outside myself, I, I was just perpetuating it and it just made me want to isolate and withdraw more. So... It, so it was good. very liberating, very liberating to realize that. Yeah, I just, I had a, I had a big aha moment there for me personally. That was awesome. Yeah. Go right. on, please. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, based, I, mean, that's, I would say that's the crux of it. And, and when I work with others, I, I, I basically share that and help them to get quiet enough so they bring into this, into the space when we're working together, they can bring in any energy and they know they can bring in any energy. So I hold the space for them to be able to be with whatever energy maybe they haven't wanted to be with before. That's part of it. And they learn and we practice. I give them a process to actually be with the sensations that those feelings bring up in them and to learn how to basically transmute those. But 
the presence, I, I talk a lot about presence as medicine. And if you're willing to be present with whatever's coming up, you're free. That's what I see most people with any kind of addiction, including to work, uh, addiction to activity, addiction to food or alcohol or drugs or sex or whatever, whatever it is, um, is just a distraction from feeling because presence, you know, if you're really, really present, then you have to feel everything. And I love uh, that. I love it. Presence, (laughs) presence. What did you call it? Presence as medicine medicine. that, oh my gosh, that's so good. Cause you know, so much of the, so much of the work that I do as well is around bringing awareness to what we're avoiding. It's just sort of another way of saying the same thing, but it's so true, you know, in the moments when, you know, I'm going to only speak for me personally, but I obviously see it happening within my clients as well and the people I work with, is when you're not present and when you're avoiding that perceived difficult thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're placing a wall up or a resistance. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. You go to these default avoiding things. You know, for me, it might be numbing out on with TV or social media or shopping or eating. Like, I mean, that's always... As a child, I ate to deal mm-hmm. with my with my empathic nature. So, oh, that's such a good one. Presence is medicine. I love that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That is mm-hmm. awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it's been big for me. Very, very helpful. And I totally get about the food. Chocolate was, you know, always a big one for me. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, just in in closing off with this, the. You, you know, on Facebook, you have a group called uh, Empathpreneurs. It's it's specifically for entrepreneurs who are more empathic in nature. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because I'm obviously an entrepreneur and I'm also an empath. I'm part of the group as well. And I love the content you share there. There's, there's a special something with us, isn't there, with empaths and business. Like we don't do business the way <laughs> other people do business. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yes, it's um it's true that's how I that's how I think about it. I I find empaths to be extremely powerful leaders. It's just they're not um acknowledged in the world. We have such an extroverted world and ways that people say things are supposed to be, you know. So as an entrepreneur, I got taught a lot of stuff early on when I was getting trained um that never fit for me because they they just really didn't appeal to my to my sensitive nature. So there are other ways to do everything is basically my attitude. And you need to find the way that's right for you. And sensitives are very usually tuned into themselves. They usually do know what's right for them. And so things like, you know, internet marketing and funnels and, um, and certain kinds of sales strategies. And I I learned how to do enrollment conversations that were never a fit for me. I had to come from my heart. I had to really connect with the person, not hold things back. Like, and it's just, I could go on a long time about the specifics, but pretty much every aspect of business, I believe can be ultimately a reflection of who you really are. And that's what empaths need. They can't fit into a mold and uh, they really need to connect deeply with the people that they serve. And so I love to talk about that and teach about that because um, there's just too much cookie cutter formula stuff going on for empaths to, 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 to find it just doesn't work for us. Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, it's, it's fitting your, you know, it is that analogy of fitting a square peg into a round hole, trying to make yourself or your business 
or your life work according to these, you know, external standards or ways of doing things that have worked for other people, obviously, like they, they've worked <laughs> for other people. But, you know, for myself, too, I, I found that whenever I've tried to force myself into another model, you know, whether it was with my upbringing and my family, or whether it was with business or whether it was with, you know, my, my circle of peers or friends, and it didn't resonate with me, I, I made myself wrong. I wanted to fit into that mold, but it never, ever worked. It, it just yeah. was so detrimental. Yeah. And I, I have a, a saying too, like, I don't know who, I wish I could credit the source, but I, I, I always quote the, I think it's, it's, I don't know what part of the Bible, it's a line from the Bible that says, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. And I heard or read somewhere a reinterpretation of that. Like, what exactly does that mean? In modern terms, it means that the gentle, sensitive ones will lead. And if we look around in the world today, you know, we've got um, a real a situation in, in, in all fronts, whether it's business or politics or any walk of life, you can look and see that we need more humanity, more connection, more sensitivity, more ways of leading from the heart. Mm -hmm. And I really see, I really see empaths as being super powerful leaders in that respect, leading their way on their terms and making a huge difference as that. I, yeah. I, I think it's our time. It's our time to oh emerge. Oh my gosh, so powerful. That, 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 amazing. Powerful and a great <laughs> place to kind of like sum up this, this conversation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Super powerful. The work you're doing in the world is amazing. I, I love your journey. I know that a lot of women listening are, are going to be peaked and, and their interests going to say, wow, like she came from such a kind of different world into this one. But you know, it's, it's fascinating to me. And I love it because I, I sort of grew up, I, I took a really different, you know, twisted roundabout path. And I used to have this thing in the back of my mind, like, oh, I just, I regret not taking, you know, the corporate road more. And I regret not doing this. I used to have this whole thing going on about that. And I realize now, as I mean, especially hearing your story and, and others like you, I realize now that even if I had gone that route, I still would have ended up exactly where I am right now doing this work. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I saved money on an MBA and I saved all that stuff. But it's interesting because I, I, I used to beat myself up about that a lot. And, you know, there, there's times it still sneaks back in, you know, but it's interesting because when I look at the grand scheme of things, I will, I know that I would have always ended up back here. Um, mm -hmm. so I love that you, that you shared that and, and thanks so much for being here and having this conversation with, with me, with us and mm -hmm. for sharing your light with us. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you. Thank you for following your soul's truth and for doing this incredible work and knowing, I mean, to, to be able to say, you know, you're in the right place doing what you're meant to be doing, that all roads would have led you here. That's a very powerful thing mm. to be able to say. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Lisa. Have mm -hmm. a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks everyone for listening. And you can find out more about Lisa, as I said, at lisaberkovitz.com. I'll have that in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you guys back next week. Tune into the show then. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Giovanna. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone. 
For books and resources related to today's episode, make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 